working capital that's the lifeline of any business how to manage working capital in the growth stage growth stage is a stage where the sales are automatically happening and it is a stage where the money is flowing in a stage where it's very easy to make mistakes because the money is coming in and then get into the working capital crunch so let's start by first understanding what is really working capital well the official definition of working capital is the difference between assets and liabilities now that gives us two things to work with assets and liabilities let's look into the assets first under assets there are many things but there are three key aspects that impact your working capital the first one is liquid cash the second one is your inventory the third one is accounts receivable that means all the outstanding that you have in the market let's deal with the first one liquid cash i love cash and i'm sure all of you do too and it's important for us to only increase the amount of liquid cash available to us cash that i can utilize whenever i decide to utilize there are three things that i would encourage you to do to make sure that your cash increases the cash in hand increases first one offer cash discounts this will encourage your buyers your customers to pay you cash because they are getting a better price doing this for large orders is absolutely going to help you second thing incentivize your sales guys with a little extra money when they get an order where the payment is up front when you incentivize your sales guys to do that your sales guys don't go to the market place your product and say whenever it sells you pay me the money have i ever asked you for the money that is a normal sales pitch that a lot of sales guys practice today because they want the sales numbers to click the outstanding that's there in the market they somehow end up justifying the third one is define cash credit policy now what does this mean this means you could have a rule or an offer rolled out that whatever amount of order you place if you pay 100 rupees up front then you can avail 200 rupees of credit have rules and policies defined in this way that way that means that any sale that you make you are not waiting for 100% of the money to come to you a chunk of of whatever sale that you've made you get the cash for it up front now coming to the second thing inventory here your focus needs to be to reduce the dead stock see when the sales are happening when things are growing it's very easy to set up another shop buy a lot of inventory because you are very positive in your head but that is exactly where we end up making wrong purchases purchases of products more than what we need and that's where your money gets blocked first thing that you got to do is analyze your sales trends which means for the past 6 or 8 months plot the sales that are that you are able to do per unit for each product and base your next purchase only on that see trends do change i understand that but trends never change suddenly they change gradually so if the requirement is going from a product a to product b or a design a to a design b it will show up in your numbers so rely on your sales numbers the actual sales that you're doing don't go by your gut feeling and the experience that you have in that market very often 
that goes wrong. Number two, never ever get excited with the bulk discounts that are offered by your supplier. Look, your supplier is trying to sell you a lot of material because that's his job. Chances are you are also doing the same thing for your customers. But as a buyer, don't get excited with the bulk discount and end up buying more than what you really, really need. And doing something like this is nothing but being pennywise pound foolish and funding your supplier with your working capital. Absolutely a bad thing to do. The third thing, distress sale. Even if you get your purchases in line with the trends, there are chances that you would still end up getting lured buying products that you don't know if they will sell or no. New opportunities, right? Now, I agree to that. But assuming there is a dead stock, a lot of us go about distress sale. And then we say, oh, you know what? We are selling it at the cost price. So we are okay to not make profits, but we'll also not make loss. The biggest mistake that happens here is this distress sale is announced without calculating the cost of keeping the inventory. Which means if the inventory stays in your warehouse for let's say a month, without that inventory, you would have rented that warehouse to somebody else and you would have earned money. All of that money that you did not earn because you had your stock in that warehouse is the cost of keeping that stock. So you always got to accumulate, calculate the cost that you incurred on keeping that inventory and then accordingly announce the distress sale before it's too late. Now, coming to the third one, accounts receivable. And I'm sure this is the nerve that all of us really wants to correct, right? So first things first, have a system deployed to not miss on your collections follow-up. That's like criminal to do. Second, get into the habit of sending monthly ledgers to your debtors. Why? Because in India, when you make collection calls, a lot of people are going to come back and tell you, send me the ledger, I will need to relook at it. Don't send the ledger when it is asked. Get into the proactive habit of making sure that the ledgers go every single month. There is no ambiguity. Third thing, age your outstanding. Recommendation is go with 0 to 30 days. All the invoices that are pending in that age, 31 to 60, all the invoices pending in that age, 61 to 90 and 91 to 120 and 120 plus. When you age your invoices, it typically tells you how old that invoice is still pending for you to get the payment. Collect the invoices and focus all your strength on 60 to 90 days bucket. The reason why I'm saying so is because anything that goes beyond 90 days, even if you're sending the ledgers, chances are your debtor will come back and tell you, send me the ledgers again and I will, and it will be a case of, oh, I don't remember this, you remember this, and a lot of to and fro may happen. You got to make sure that the outstanding as much as you can is collected within the 90 days. Anything that rolls over from that point to moving further is only going to become cluttersome to collect. The next point, this is something that you absolutely must action. Have a policy to hard stop the supply of your products to a customer which has not paid. Don't be in that fear that you would lose that customer and therefore you cannot stop the supply. Your outstanding is never going to come if you do that, etc, etc. Remember, unless there is a guarantee of payment, you cannot continue to supply a bad customer. If you continue to do that, you're simply waiting for a bigger disaster to happen. And in fact, you're feeding that bigger disaster every single time you supply and making it even bigger 
than it was yesterday. Now let's look at the liabilities. Liabilities like assets may have a lot of things but we are going to be focusing on two very big things. Number one the banking facilities availed overdraft and loans. I'm going to talk about that and how to manage that. The second one is all your payables. Typically the big buckets are compensation, bills and purchases. So the first things first to manage your liabilities well you must create a financial deck. A financial deck is nothing but an excel sheet which has months written across it and then you have your spending that you are going to do month on month against which you also write your revenue target. Anytime it's going outside of that threshold that you've made for each expense type you got to review it and then take corrective actions. This way you will be able to manage your liabilities very very well. Second thing that most small business owners do is they take money for their own picnics and outing from the company. They take money to buy their own personal car from the company. Don't do that. Whatever money you require to have a good life, decide that for once and pay yourself a salary. Keep your personal expense out of the company's book of accounts because that is the way you will be able to predict how much your company is supposed to earn. Mixing both of these things is not a good practice. This only leads to a rich business owner with a very poor company. The next point is an extremely criminal mistake. Using overdraft to clear your housing loan or to buy a car or an asset. Never ever do that. In fact, you should know when to use an overdraft facility and when to use a loan. Overdraft facility is to make sure that the working capital ups and downs are managed pretty well. Which means a payment that was supposed to come today did not come today and is going to come in next month. To manage that gap is where you got to use overdraft facility. Now to manage that gap do not take loans because when you take loans you have an interest component on the entire amount but when it comes to overdraft facility you have interest only for the amount that is used. Now like I said in the assets place of things when you go and purchase instead of asking for bulk purchase discount ask for cash discounts that's a far better benefit than availing credits because a credit obviously has to be paid at some point the next thing is linking the compensation to the results now this is extremely extremely important compensation always forms the biggest bucket or at least one of the biggest bucket of your expenses and it's important that you link this to the result because if your people are producing results, they are earning as much as you need to pay their compensation on time and in the right way. What you could also do and you must do is create an organization chart. Creating an organization chart will help you cap and limit how much you can pay a person on the given designation. Given that the person is performing 100% of his capacity and possibility, you still don't pay him more than what that position really deserves vis-a-vis -vis what the market is offering. The last point and the most important point become smart. Invest in solutions that can help you increase your efficiency. A lot of people leave a lot of money on the table simply because they don't increase efficiency. They are doing the work that only two people can do with five people and they're happy. Why? Because they can pay the five people. So they are leaving the three people extra money that they are paying 
and not investing instead into a software or anything that can increase the efficiency. Don't do that mistake. These costs are not going to show up in your balance sheet. It's not going to show up anywhere. But efficiency increase is the best way to reduce financial leakages. Until we meet next time, keep learning, keep implementing, take care of your working capital for a sustained growth and all you lovely, lovely people, keep prepared.